from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Monday, March 13th, 2023. We've got a packed, packed show this morning. I hope everyone had a relaxing and nice weekend. It was a busy one. I mean, over the weekend, the number one headline across the world was the Silicon Valley bank seizure. We'll talk about that and what does that mean for a lot of cybersecurity startups. We'll also be talking about a new strain of ransomware, an AT&T data breach, Microsoft finally addressing the OneNote uh, issue that's been going on as long as, uh, as well as China and the FBI all on this morning's show. So stay tuned, buckle up. It's going to be a busy, busy show this morning. Let's go ahead and get this Monday morning kicked off with our traditional uh, uh, greeting of cheers with my double espresso, whatever you're all drinking. I hope you enjoyed. I hope it powers you through this Monday. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Now, cyberoutpodcast.com, you can find all the latest, greatest, awesome, some really cool stuff uh, there as well. I've got a brand new episode of CISO Talk coming tomorrow. That's the CISO Talk podcast, completely separate, but you can find it on our website and on our YouTube channel. They're all one show there. Uh, but on your audio platforms, you'd have to go and get this so talk podcast as well. So make sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and we'll kick off with the Silicon Valley Bank debacle. So the largest bank failure since 2008, and it's not the only one over the weekend. Also, Signature Bank was seized by the FDIC, and that's kind of a downstream impact from Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank was heavily exposed to the tech industry and a lot of people in the VC market. In fact, many, many companies had their money in Silicon Valley. Now, word from the White House is that no one's going to lose any money that had their deposit there, meaning they're going to insure the full amount in the accounts. Um, it's going to be interesting how they're going to legally do that uh, because they need Congress to approve it. And so we'll see if it's not just a lip service most accounts, all accounts are FDIC insured up to $250,000 per account per bank. Well, per name per bank. So it's not per account. You can have multiple accounts. The max you're insured is $250,000. That's why a lot of people diversify and have multiple relationships with multiple banks for cases like this one. The bank had $209 billion in assets and $175 billion in deposits when it did fail, and a lot of it is in the billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars in an account assets, Kevin O'Leary from the Shark Tank over the weekend said that they did a risk assessment on Friday and they were probably going to lose around $10.5 million that they're just saying it's money that if we get it back, great. But if not, that that's pretty much our loss, which is a lot of money for that case. So what impact could this have on our companies? Well, if you're a CISO today and you're dealing with a lot of startups or you're dealing with a lot of tech companies or VCs, you're probably wanting to ask, where does this stand? Um, you know, Silicon Valley Bank wasn't just a place where people banked. They got lines of credit and instead of raising capital, they were able to utilize the bank uh, to finance payroll and, and so forth. We'll see how this kind of breaks down in the industry. There's a huge ripple effect to the fact that the Israeli a minister of finance is in the U.S. and he's already uh, established a team to look and speak to the local startup community in Israel, which is heavily impacted by SVP on the impact and see how they can support those companies as well. So 
we're, we're starting to see some some major impact here now again th- this does have downstream risk for you as a practitioner some startups could potentially fail here we're not hoping that on anyone because of this but that is a real risk and a real reality and you have to start looking at these organizations and start to weigh your risks to their exposure and what they do for your business and then make those decisions that's something to keep in mind this morning the medusa ransomware gang is picking up steam as it's expanding its targeting of victims worldwide the medusa operation which started in june of 2021 has had low activity and very few victims however in 2023 the ransomware gang has really increased its activity. They've launched the Medusa blog where they're leaking data of victims who refuse to pay ransomware. Medusa gained media attention after they claim responsibility on the Minneapolis public school district and share a video of the stolen data. Many malware families call themselves Medusa, including the Mirai-based botnet and the Medusa Android malware, as well as the Medusa locker ransomware operation. Due to the commonly used name, there has been some Confusing reports about this ransomware family, with many thinking it's the same as Medusa Locker. However, Medusa and Medusa Locker ransomware operations are entirely different, which is critical for your SecOps team, by the way, because those are two different IOCs, two different TTPs, two different encryption keys, and two different decryption keys as well. So, in two very, very different signatures. Medusa is encrypting Windows devices. They are asking for a ransom. Uh, They do kill, obviously, all... uh, EDR and antivirus programs that are available on, that are powered on the device. The ransomware then deletes the Windows shadow volume copies to prevent them from being used to recover files. Um, and so Medusa is on uh, really, really increasing its uh, capabilities and its activities. So you want to keep an eye on that. ETNT is reporting that 9 million customers had their data exposed in a third party vendor breach back in January. A spokesperson has said that the leaked data set was several years old and related to device upgrade eligibility. AT&T zone systems were not compromised, the company said, but they would not say which third-party vendor was attacked, only explaining that they were told that the breach occurred in January. The data access was from customer proprietary network information that telecom companies collect about subscribers, including how customers use their service as well as charges. The uh, vendor that we use for marketing experienced a security incident. Hmm. The information didn't contain any credit card information, social security numbers, account passwords, or other sensitive data, potentially just that you're an AT&T customer, meaning that increases the risk of phishing attacks. This data could have been used to fish people into potentially giving out their credit card. So while AT&T directly wasn't impacted, their customers are going to feel this impact for quite some time. You've got to start questioning the trust they have with the firm. OneNote has been kind of the new doc in Excel, especially with macros being disabled, Threat actors have figured out that OneNote is a good way in. Well, Microsoft is now paying attention, and in their roadmap, um, they've published a entry titled Microsoft OneNote, Improved Protection Against Known High-Risk Phishing t- File Types. Uh, they've added enhanced protections when users open or download the embedded file in OneNote. Users will receive a notification when the file is deemed dangerous to improve the file protection experience in OneNote on Windows. This comes after a wave of phishing attacks where threat actors use maliciously crafted OneNote documents within the .1 file extension and embedded files hidden behind overlays asking the targets to click to view the document. Then uh, DLL would download and everyone here knows how that breaks down. So Microsoft starting to address that. We'll see 
how this works once it's out there. I don't believe I haven't seen a time frame for it uh, when this is going to be released, but it's on the roadmap. So could be within the next several months. China is targeting unpatched SonicWall um, firewalls. They're targeting the secure mobile access 100 appliances to drop malware and establish long-term persistence. The malware has the functionality to steal user credentials, provide shell access, and persist through firmware upgrades, according to Mandiant. The Google-owned incident response and threat intel firm is tracking the activity under the uncategorized moniker UNC4540. The malware collection of bash scripts and a single ELF binary identified as tiny shell backdoors engineered to grant the attacker privilege access to sonic wall devices. Again, patching is just so, so important. Coinciding with the disclosure, sonic wall has released updates version 10.2.1.7 that come with new security enhancements such as file integrity monitoring and anomalous process identification to address this type of work. Not the first time China goes after firewalls. They've gone after Fortinet. They've gone after sonic wall. That list continues on. And a website selling long-abused NetWire RAT malware was seized by the FBI. The FBI had seized the domain of websites believed to be the sole provider of the widely used NetWire malware. The International on, Oper- uh, on the International Operation on Tuesday also saw Croatian authorities detain an unnamed suspect and Swiss law enforcement seize the servers hosting the malware infrastructure by removing it. They've reduced a cybercrime a bit, but as we all know, this ends up coming back in one way or another. It comes back either by um, uh, someone from the t- for someone who wasn't arrested who can recoup everything and put it back online, or a different group copying what they've had. So we'll see if and we'll see if and how this would impact Netwire if we see that come back. That's going to be the test. Is is we take something down typically comes right back up. So we'll see if the FBI is able to continue and perceive and keep this gang and this operation completely down. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow. We're live here. We're live at 9 a.m. on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can also catch the rerun at 10 a.m. on our LinkedIn page and Facebook page. Also, Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform by looking over the CyberHub Podcast or YouTube at the CyberHub Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating when you do that. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. with all the latest. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your Monday. Most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. 